In today's episode, George Liu talks about the three primary emotions that drive almost all human behavior and what you can do to take control of them once and for all. Are you hitting a wall in your business because you feel like you're too busy? Do you ever wish there were more hours in a day? This podcast is for hyper-focused entrepreneurs who want to learn the secrets of superhuman productivity. Together, we're going to kick procrastination in the teeth. We're going to slice through BS excuses like a katana blade. We don't ever wonder what happened because we're the ones that made it happen. My name is Josh Thomas. You've now entered the do zone. Welcome to the DZ Tribe. Most of what we call management consists of making it difficult for people to get their work done. Peter Drucker. DZ Tribe. Huh, that came out funny. DZ Tribe, not DZ Tribe. Hey, DZ Tribe, Josh Thomas. Glad to have you. Make sure that you don't miss another episode. I'd love to have you follow and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. Also, if you're looking to better understand how you get stuff done, head on over to dozonedna.com and take our proprietary personality profile assessment built specifically for busy entrepreneurs. It's going to show you how to build your world around you for optimal performance. Once again, that's dozonedna.com. Today's guest is George Liu. George moved to the U.S. at age 10 without speaking any English but he overcame adversity and found success through fitness. George is now the founder and CEO of Gym Pillars, a marketing agency that helps micro gyms scale without sacrificing their pockets. George, welcome to the Do Zone. Say what's up to the tribe or the tribe, and tell us something you believe is the key to getting stuff done that most people wouldn't think of. Yeah, for sure, man. Um, really appreciate you having me, man. And uh, and what's going on, tribe? Um, it's a pleasure to be on the show. For me, I think um, what is really helpful and important in when it comes to getting getting things done, right? It's like being productive overall. It's uh, I don't think a lot of people talk about it too often. However, it's, um, this might be a completely out of the blue or a curveball, but it's, um, emotional cleansing, which is a topic I don't think a lot of people talk about, right? Because I think um, <laughs> Oftentimes, when it comes to the topic of productivity, it's um, productivity. Uh, it's only as valuable as the action that you take, right? And actions typically stem from the the decisions you make uh, towards uh, which direction you want to take with things, right? So effectiveness, um, when it comes to the, the kind of action you take, is very important, right? But how how do we determine whether something is effective or not? That's something we don't really think about as much, right? Um, and that comes from decision making. And when it comes to decision making itself, I, I don't think anyone a lot of people ever backtrack to see and engage how do we make decisions right it's like we're often taught as entrepreneurs and people who are eager to get shit done to, um, to really focus on the data 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 and come from logic which is true in itself but the other piece is um whether we like it or not uh, unless you're uh, a sociopath um we have emotions we have feelings right <laughs> so um I think especially for um us as men uh being entrepreneurs that's a topic that i don't think we ever uh, dive as deeply into um, when we go through the when we have a process when it comes to clearing up our feelings clearing up our emotions uh, it allows us to actually make better decisions which will allow for uh, more action massive action taking the direction that you believe is most effective uh, so that's just my belief George I got to tell you I wasn't expecting that answer 
<laughs> yeah, no, me neither. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he, he says, <laughs> me neither. Like, I don't know, man. You asked me the question, so I gave you the answer. Yeah. <laughs> That's extremely profound. Uh, and so let's go back to this term that you're using here, emotional cleansing. And, mm -hmm. and your logic tree was solid on that by saying, okay, if you really want to be productive, productivity, here's, here's what you said. Productivity is only as valuable as the actions that you take and actions that you take stem from decisions that you make. Mm -hmm. And that's how you determine effectiveness by what you think is important. And that comes from the decisions that you make. And, you know, I've, I've had, uh, I'm not sure what episode this is now that, that we've done, but I've, I'm a North of 50 for sure. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that I've drawn a real clear uh, line of distinction between you being productive and how you're feeling emotionally about the decisions that you're making. So, man, if we could, could, could you just tell me a little bit more about that? Because even, even though it was just like this divine inspiration that just hit you right here. I think there's more back there. So I want to hear more. Keep going. Sure, brother. Yeah. Um, which avenue do you want me to dive deeper into just so when it comes to emotions <laughs> and decisions? Give, give me a minute to come up with what I want to say here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh so specifically emotional and cleansing is as far as as far as getting your getting your feelings right mm -hmm. in order to get into the do zone, if you will, in order to become a productive person going and cleaning up those emotions. What are some of the emotions that you feel are really gunking up our gears that are keeping us from being more productive? Oh, that's a great question, man. So when it comes to feelings, um, at least at least this is my belief, um, we we all human beings, we're, we're actually more so feeling beings that think versus thinking beings that feel, right? Because if you just look into uh, our psychology and heuristics in terms of how we make rapid decisions, right? It's like, um, we're much more irrational than we would think we are. So uh, a big chunk of it is influenced by our feelings. And uh, the way I have uh, learned, and it may change in time to, to understand feelings, is that um, I almost see it as um, a, kind of like a gas tank within each one of us that we have of um, different categories of feelings and emotions. Um, for me, uh, there are th there are three uh, really distinct ones that have really, I guess, held me back, uh, especially when, when it comes to my my process. Um, one of them is guilt, right? Uh, another one uh, is fear, naturally. That's something that we're all familiar with. And another one's uh, anger, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I think as entrepreneurs, oftentimes we're, we're placed, we, we either place so much pressure on ourselves or we, we let external circumstances or let other people or whatever it may be place additional pressure on us, right? So um, when it comes to the specific- why do, we, why do we do that though? Why do we place so much pressure on ourselves? So much so that it sometimes cripples us and we're not able to do things. What does that have to do with guilt, fear, and anger? Why do we do that? That's a great question, man. It's, um, when it comes to the expectation we place on ourselves, I think oftentimes it just comes from, it comes from our own internal needs, right? So like us as human beings, um, whether we go on the path of um, productivity and build a business, or let's say like dive into sports or become an elite athlete or what it may be, um, it, it depends on which which place it's coming from, right? Um, I think oftentimes, like when it comes to our internal needs as human beings, we have these uh, fundamental uh, wants that we have, right? Like this sense of uh, wanting approval from other people, 
or wanting approval from ourselves, which is why we chase success, right? Or the sense of wanting of control, wanting to be able to control our environment, control our world, control our, our fate, our destiny, right? It's like our path, if you will. Uh, or the sense of uh, wanting of security, wanting to feel safe, wanting to feel um, protected, right? It's like wanting to feel like we're, we, we have the resources for whatever it is we want to do, right? Um, so these internal needs are oftentimes like we, those are the needs we're really looking to um, fill. Um, so when we actually go, go on this path of actually building a business, um, sometimes we just forget. Sometimes we actually forget to uh, ultimately what we're all really chasing is the sense of our feeling or, or state of being, right? It's like, um, so we just forget when we, when we actually go off on this um, path of building a business, becoming as productive as can be, um, when we don't have that connection in, in terms of uh, that's the need that we're looking to fill, uh, we just go around chasing endlessly, right? Um, and what we do is sometimes like I don't know, if, I don't know about you, but for me, I've definitely gone on paths where um, I've hit a specific milestone or a goal, and then for me to just feel a little bit empty on the inside, you know, mm. until I chase, uh, jump into the next one, right? Um, kind of like I you, think all you those things are connected. It's kind of like you thought you wanted this reward, and then you got the reward, and you realized, oh. Well, that was not nearly as fulfilling as I expected it to be. Now, now, what is my purpose? Exactly. Yeah, because we glamorize things, right? It's like, um, and and for us, like when we when we chase after these goals in honor of fulfilling our deep wants as human beings, um, sometimes we get frustrated. You know, sometimes like we get frustrated when things aren't going our way. It's like, like God, why is this working? Right? So we, and that's when anger flares out, right? Or we're scared we might not be able to get what we want because if we don't get what we want in business, if we don't hit a revenue target, if we don't uh, build a team that we want, that that means something about us, right? Um, or if we're not uh, being as productive as it can be, sometimes we it makes us feel as though it's like, oh, well, I don't, I'm not successful, like I'm, I don't deserve this, or it's like we, we judge ourselves, right? So um, it's all tied together, you know. So. You know, fear specifically is is one of the main drivers of of almost every human emotion yes. to a certain extent. I mean, uh, I, I don't know how many people here have seen the movie Inside Out, um, but it's got these uh, it's an animated Pixar movie. And it it's you're inside this little girl's head and she's got all of these different emotions and they take turns kind of controlling her body as she's as she's growing up and hmm. um you know, I, I, fear is a strong one, uh, joy, sadness, and anger. It was like, I think there's like four or five of them. Mm -hmm. uh, and they all each take turns kind of uh, directing her through different parts of her life. And uh, joy is actually the first emotion. Like as soon as she's born, joy is there, mm -hmm. right? And mm -hmm. then all of a sudden sadness shows up and she's like, oh, I don't like you. Yeah. And, and the whole point... The whole point of the movie, I don't want to give it away. It's a really great movie, but basically oh, there's a conflict shit. between joy and sadness throughout the entire movie where joy's just like, no, we need to be happy all the time, right? And there comes this moment where it's like, no, it's okay. And actually it's important for us to feel sadness so that we can yes. appreciate that joy, right? And, yeah. and, so, and so each of these feelings has some kind of purpose. Mm -hmm. And fear is a very powerful emotion because fear is tied to survival. Yes. Protection. Mm -hmm. We need to not get mauled by saber-toothed tigers. And our brains have not, I've said this many times, our brains have not received that firmware upgrade to let us know, hey, dude, 
there are no longer saber-toothed tiger threats out there. And so we're constantly mm-hmm. scanning the horizon like, where are they at? Mm-hmm. I know they're out there, man. Okay, well, I don't see any right now. And so when you don't see that imminent threat, the fear emotion still kicks in. Your brain's fight or flight mechanism still kicks in and it's looking for the next thing. And if it's not death, it's pain. Mm -hmm. And if there's no pain, it's discomfort. Mm -hmm. And then we stay in the comfort zone and we don't get anything done because we're too afraid of being uncomfortable. True. Damn our bodies, George. Damn. <laughs> that was that was good. Like uh, that's that was actually yeah. It's um well I had to, you know, you built this big ladder at the beginning. I'm like, shit, dude, I gotta follow up with that. <laughs> yeah, no, that was powerful, man. Yeah, no, I love that. It's like, no, that's a good point. I've never thought about it like from um a death um and then pain and then thereby discomfort, right? It's like being something that is just uh just outside of our reach, um, and that we're terrified of oftentimes. So yeah. You know, and uh, I want to get into uh, your business here in a minute, but mm-hmm. but I, I think you uh, more than anybody else would have a great perspective because you're in the fitness industry. Mm-hmm. Our, our bodies, our brains are kind of hardwired in contra to having a great body. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, they're they're kind of like, no, man, we need to store this fat just in case we never eat again. Oh, 100%. there's food in front of us. Let's just grab all of it just in case there's not any more. Mm-hmm. Right. And and those are the two reasons that most people are out of shape. Mm-hmm. You know, do you have have you have you seen any kind of observations about that in, in the in the different clients that you've worked with? Yeah, it's um uh, so so we we actually support uh gym owners and uh, health and fitness professionals specifically, but it's like we've definitely seen how it plays out and, and because we we just oversee a lot of things, right? It's like um uh, because when when it comes to getting in shape and diving into health and fitness and attaining the body that you want oftentimes it's um people well people have a tendency to think it's just like building the habits right but but ultimately like what what people really are aspiring to do is, uh, is shift their identities shift how they see themselves right it's like because no one's just trying to like just oh like let me work out three days a week or let me just like get on this meal plan or this this diet right uh, what we see is like when it comes to just people in general, and I think we can all relate to this, is that we we want to see ourselves in a different light. We want to feel something differently about us, right? It's like, um, and, and oftentimes like we we do get our own way because like we do have certain chips that are stacked against us, right? Like biologically, right? Uh, this this um this wanting of more all the time, right? Like more food, more more portions, more flavors, more taste, right? It's like, um, and all those things, um. So, so we do see that and people oftentimes get in their own way when they're not able to um, become more aware of that, right? It's like, um, but yeah, I, I see, one of the things I see is that it's uh, emotions and feelings are also tied around um, getting in shape as well and attaining the body that person wants, right? Because oftentimes like the most common, the most common um, quote unquote threat, if you will, when it comes to a, a person's health and fitness journey is um, this, this feeling of guilt, right? It's like, how often does a person just follow a plan or follow a workout routine um, or work with a trainer or go to the gym and they say they're going to do certain things and then they go at it um, and they, they do stay on for a long time, but then out of nowhere, they like maybe have one bad day or they just drop off like one workout or they miss one meal that was supposed to be planned, right? But then that messes up their entire routine because they get flustered. They get frustrated. They're like, oh shit, well, like, I, I didn't mean to do that. So I mean, I'll start tomorrow. Then that tomorrow becomes next week. 
right? And then they fall and off then, forever, right? And then two so, pizzas and you know a bucket of ice cream. I'm like, ah, screw it. You know, it's it doesn't even matter. The whole world's going to hell. Yes, that's <laughs> uh that's a slippery slope of uh of guilt, right? It's like we just beat ourselves up. So um, uh, that's one of the that's one of the reasons that uh, I, there's there's a book by Don Miguel Ruiz called The Four Agreements. Mm. And uh, it's it's one of the reasons that these four agreements are are so powerful. And the four agreements are they're very simple. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is be impeccable with your word. Yep. The second one is uh, don't think any don't take anything personal. The third one is uh, don't make assumptions. Uh, and then the final one is always do your best. And all four of these are very important, but always do your best. is kind of like the cleanup agreement. Mm. It's, you know, you're on this diet, you're on this goal. Uh, I'm currently on a mission, uh, depending on when this is out. <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a while. I'm currently on a mission to empirically prove that my abs exist. <laughs> you know, I believe that I could feel them but I can't see them and I've never seen them in my life. And so one day I'm going to actually see them and be like, yep, there they are. Check, (laughs) you know? And, and then I'm probably going to like chill out and have a cheeseburger or something, you know, but, Mm -hmm. but I'm on a, I'm on a mission and there are some times along this mission where uh, I screw up and, or, you know, we've got some friends that are going out and they want to have a couple of drinks. I'm like, I want a couple of drinks. You know, or man, you know, I've been going hard for like six weeks. I really, really love ice cream. So I'm going to have some ice cream, man. You know, but the always do your best part is like, all right, I totally blew it yesterday. Uh, But that doesn't mean that I have to blow it today because every day that I wake up, I get to do my best. Mm. Yesterday didn't work out. Okay. Always do your best. Get right back up there and do that. Do it again. And you're going to be okay. You know, yes. and uh, yeah, guilt is guilt is strong. Uh, so you going back to review these these three main emotions that that have kind of gunked up your gears. You mentioned fear, anger, and guilt, and and gosh, I I could imagine just pretty much everybody uh, that's listening to us right now has struggled with that in some way. Uh, I'd love to hear some thoughts about this, and I want to come back to you on it. But uh, you know, you got to. You got a great head of hair there. I want to, I want to, I want to crack open the skull, <laughs> get in there and see how the brain works. And we're going to do some do so and diagnostic. Are you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. Excellent. So five quick questions, rapid fire. First thing that comes to mind. Number one, what's one thing you do, George, that keeps you focused on your goals? Meditation. Nice. Mm-hmm. And how do you get back on track though, when you lose that focus? Um, kind of like what you mentioned earlier, right? So just, um, just forgiving myself for being a human, right? It's like that I know it's inevitable for me to make mistakes. It's not a matter of, um, um, if, but it's a matter of when, right? It's like, so when I do fall off or sometimes when I intentionally, like, I'm not too rigid with myself, right? It's like, um, for me, I understand that meditation is a tool. Um, however, it's not, it's not meant to be, um, a cage, if you will, in which I've, I've also had my previous encounters of um, just like my habits, just making me feel as though I'm more so in prison versus focused. Right? Mm. When I fall off, I just know that whenever I take one step off the path towards who I want to be, um, I'm always one step right back to towards uh, who I want to be. Right? It's like I'm, 
at any given time, you can take one step and you're right back on the path that you want to be on. So cool. Yeah. Who's your support group and how do they keep you accountable? Mm. Um, so I, so I'm part of a community with a lot of other agency owners in which I'm, I'm actually a, a head coach there as well, which is, um, I'm a mindset coach there. Um, that's one of my support groups. Um, I have a girlfriend who's uh, extremely loving. She calls me out on my bullshit. <laughs> so like pretty relentlessly. Um, I have, uh, two of my really good friends that I'm also in business with, um, my entire team, I have my family and, um, close friends. Uh, there's a men's group that I'm part of this, uh, part of as well uh we, we meet every tuesday uh just a group of um entrepreneurs where we dive into uh just like deep work on ourselves uh, i'd say those are the key components wow you got quite a bit of support there man it's awesome yeah and so I, how, how do you approach a difficult project that you're not sure how to complete oh that's we're kind of in that zone right now, huh? <laughs> because um, yeah, in business right now, it's um, recently the past couple of months has been kind of a wild ride for us. We've um, yeah, just long story short, um, this was actually a quote that I was looking up because I remember it had always stuck with me. Um, I think I think um, Archbishop Desmond Tutu said um, the best. There's only one way to eat an elephant, which is a uh, one bite at a time. Right. So, so no matter how daunting, how overwhelming, how big of a project, how big of a vision um, that, that you're looking to bring into life, uh, it just begins with you just doing one thing at a time. Right? It's like, and um, being patient with yourself in that process. Um, however, as, as long as you're, you're taking action, you're moving forward, um, give yourself a break. You know, just do all that you can. Last question. What's the number one pro tip you would give to someone looking to get more stuff done in less time? easier said than done but do less to do more i think oftentimes as um as entrepreneurs we have a tendency to think that um the more hours we work the better the outcome will be help but that's not necessarily always the case right it's like and when i was first starting off especially like i was just like muscling my way through everything however when you give yourself a, a time to breathe take a step back and, and at any given time have a pulse on where you are and where you want to be and how you're tracking <clears throat> that's much more helpful because otherwise we'll end up in a position where we're doing so much but it leads to nothing um because we're just focused on climbing the ladder but we, we don't take a second to notice that the, the ladder is actually being placed against the wrong wrong building if you will right mm -hmm. we might not even be in the wrong the right town right or there might be an elevator hell it's like that would probably be much faster so uh, <laughs> yeah dude like we are going deep with the analogies today i love it yeah yeah, yeah. so so coming back a little bit, because uh, I kind of I kind of teased this a minute ago, fear, mm -hmm. guilt, anger. You came to the United States when you were ten years old mm. from Japan. You didn't speak a word of English, and it's not like there's any like transferable letters that you can recognize either. It's just like no. there's like a, there's like a tree. And the little square thing with the dojo. And like, I have no idea what Japanese, like, I have no concept of that at all. And, and your, your parents did not name you George. No. <laughs> what, what is, what is your, what is your official Japanese name? My, my Japanese name is uh, Liu Tetsu. And then uh, my Chinese name is Liu Zhe. Yeah. Oh, okay. Got it. And so you have a Japanese name 
and a Chinese name. And then you came to the U.S. and somebody said, well, you probably should come up with an American name, too. And so yeah. why did you decide on George? Um, it was actually my my stepdad at the time. It was uh, I remember we were in the car. There's a funny story around it. It was um, yeah. He was like, "You guys." And he, when, when he said "you guys," it was uh, me and my sister. I believe that were in the car. Um, he was like, "You guys should get an American name just because that that'll make it easier for for kids to call your name by. Otherwise, it's hard to pronounce, right?" It's like, um, and my my mom was like translating that over to us, and uh, we we're like, "Yeah, okay." And I I was in fourth grade at the time. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. And um, my my homework assignment back then, uh, I grew up East Coast uh, around the Boston area, but my homework assignment back then was uh, actually opening up a Time magazine, actually reading through this, um, I think it was learning about history or something like that, and then reading through this article and answering the four questions on the Time magazine. Um, and I and I remember distinctly it was uh, I think around maybe like Revolutionary War or something like that. Um, but there was a uh, one page where the, there was like a whole. Uh, grid of u.s presidents right so, so beginning with george washington and i was like yeah well let's let's pick a name i was like hmm. and i saw the first dude and i was like let's do that one <laughs> so, so I, I looked at george washington i picked him and i was like yeah let's george they go with george it's yeah, it's like in china right in china Good patriotic like, american name 100 <laughs> yeah i was like yeah let's do george um and then stuck. So yeah, that's awesome. Um, There's several presidents named George, actually. So yeah, yeah you yeah. probably picked one of the most American names that there are. That's cool. And cool. and and so uh, you know, kind of coming back to that experience where you were talking about the things that cripple us as entrepreneurs: fear, mm -hmm. guilt, anger. Uh, how how challenging was it to have this whiplash of a different culture uh, that you're exposed to? a language barrier that is could not possibly be higher. Uh, talk to me about how you navigated through that just to get back to zero where mm -hmm. somebody else, you know, just being able to communicate, you, you had this, you know, you, def you definitely had to move the ladder to a different wall at that yes. point. Talk to me about how you overcame that. <sighs> the short, funny version is uh, TV. Yeah. Short, funny <laughs> version. yeah, that's the one. <laughs> Not the long and sad dramatic one. That'll be for the do zone, you know, part two, like outtakes. Right. Well, the, the, the short, funny version is uh, actually TV. It's, uh, it was actually super helpful. Whereas, um, because I think when it comes to learning, right, it's like when, when our emotions are heightened, we learn more. The reason as to why we didn't learn very well when we were in school is because we were bored out of our minds. Like we just didn't care, right? But if we were learning about something we're extremely passionate about, we learn much faster. So for me, like tactically, that was actually TV. Um, but just to um, give a sneak peek version of, uh, I guess what would be the long version would be, um, it was really hard. It was um, because because when when all of a sudden like the the world that you're you're used to experience uh, turns completely one eighty, and you don't, as a kid you don't know why why that's the case. Um, along with not being able to speak the language, you just feel very different. You feel uh, like left left out. You know, it's like you feel like an outsider at any, at any given time. Um, and the the pain of isolation is very real, right? It's like especially when you're a kid, um, when all you wanted was just a, a group of friends that's got your back, right? It's like that sense of belonging, and we still do, even as adults. Um, but it was it was really hard. It was, um, yeah, there, there was definitely a good chunk of fear, um, the the fear of being left out, you know, fear of not being accepted, like all those things that that was um, that was frustrated, that that was fr frustrating for sure. That that actually was um, 
what got me uh, a good chunk of the time to just like escape through just like television, right? It's like, just like watch TV and just like get my mind off things or, or gaming, right? It's like, um, but overall, was, when you're a kid, when you're younger, it's uh, language does come more naturally uh, to you, um, thankfully. So I was able to pick it up pretty fast. Um, mm. But those two components, I would say. Nice. And yeah. so one of those, and one of those outlets was fitness and talk to me, talk to me how you, how you found that journey and and how that uh, kind of translated into what you're doing now. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a good question, man. So, um, because for me, it's like, I wasn't always into fitness. I was um, growing up, like I was that kid, I was eating Doritos and <laughs> drinking Coca-Cola for dinner. And then my mom would yell at me because I was like, it was like 7 30 p.m. and I was still playing video games and I haven't eaten any food. <laughs> it's like, um, so so that wasn't always me. Um, however, what what really did stick with me throughout my upbringing was um this the sense of um this feeling of not being good enough, right? It's like that was um that was always present because I always felt like I was I was left out, right? It's like I always felt like an outsider. And um kids really treated me differently because when I when I moved to the US, I looked different, I sounded different. Right? Like what I ate for lunch was different, you know, you could smell it. <laughs> it's um so that carried through all the way up until high school. And I remember it was um, after I graduated high school, it was um, it was a decision that came out of uh, pain that, that came out of like, hey, enough is enough. You know, like um, uh, because I, I had gotten accepted into my my college, which is uh, UMass Amherst. And I was like, I, I want to I remember this distinct moment where I had a moment where I looked in the mirror and I just looked myself in the mirror. I was like, man, I just don't like you. No, I just don't mm-hmm. like you. Um and that was such a stark realization for me. I was like, all right, fuck this. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna do something to change, um, change something about myself that I don't like. And it started off with my body because I was like 130, 134 pounds, like soaking wet at the time. You know, I was like, um, I was like let's see what we can do about this. Um, so that's when I decided to start working out, um, going into that summer, um, right before college. You um, know, you said something important there. You looked at yourself in the mirror at one point. And you said, man, I just don't like you. Yes. And yeah, I just want to let that breathe for a moment because I've, I've had that moment too. It may or may not have something to do with your physical appearance. Uh, and, you know, just because you're looking at who you are physically, it may not necessarily mean you don't like yourself physically, but there's something about yourself that you don't like. And, and just to add a little bit of fuel to that fire, uh, I realized um, not too long ago, I lived a big portion of my life without realizing this, that I did not like myself at all. Mm. And it would translate in various different ways. I just wasn't paying attention until it got brought to my attention. Mm. And the way that it manifested itself in me was I really hated being alone. Mm. Like just didn't like it. You know, I always felt like, man, I'm missing out, you know, should be hanging out. I wonder what, you know, other people are doing right now. And I spent a bunch of time alone and, and I would always try to medicate myself with other people, even if those other people uh, company was not necessarily in my best interest. And what I was eventually through some therapy and, and some, uh, some meditation, I was able to realize was I actually just didn't like myself. And so obviously I didn't want to sit around and hang around, hang out with me because I hated me. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was trying to escape that by going and being around other people. Mm -hmm. And so, 
you know, you found the gym, you found fitness, like, no, you know what? I'm going to change this. I don't like what I see. I'm going to change it. Mm-hmm. And I, I, as soon as you said that, I resonated with it because I saw it in a different way. I don't like that. I'm going to change it. Mm-hmm. I have to find a way to like myself because I can't get rid of me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for anybody that's listening right now, I, I hope that that has had some kind of impact on you uh, right now. And I hope that that has resonated with you because I would imagine us as human beings, George, all of us have stood in front of some version of a mirror and we've said some version of what you just said. 100%, dude. I got chills hearing that. It's, um, that's extremely powerful because at the end of the day, it's like all you have is you, right? It's like, and, and even when, when it comes to, um, I think sometimes we, we don't put enough, um, we don't put as much awareness on it as, as much as we could, right? Because even when you really think about it, it's um, everything happens in between your ears. Everything. Like all, all of the relationships that we, we have with uh, one another, with other people, it's um, 99% of it, it, it doesn't take place in the external reality of us like shaking hands or like physically being there, but rather it's also in between our ears, <laughs> right? So um, I think being aware of what your relationship is with yourself, first and foremost, and then mending that, um, it's it's so powerful, right? It's like it's, um, it can't be understated. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And so, so you, you started, you started hitting the gym and you started taking care of yourself and how did that turn into a, a career for you? Yeah. So I, um, so when I first got into working out, I was, uh, I was lifting along with uh, two of my buddies, um, that got started like three and six months before I did. And I was just like lifting out of ego at the time. Mm. Um, just, just trying my best. It was, um, the upside was that I, because I was trying to lift out of ego, I was trying to catch up with them. I just pushed hundred percent, hundred ten percent intensity. Like thirty minutes in, I'd be gassed. And they'd be like, "Dude, what's wrong with you?" I was like, "I don't know, man." But um, but coming out of that, I, I put on twelve pounds within three weeks. You know, it went from the one thirty four to one forty six, um, and I have a pretty lean um uh, physique, right? So so uh, so a lean frame. So when I put muscle mass on, like people can tell. So people, I remember like when my friends started complimenting it, and I was like, "Oh, whoa, this is working." I was like, "This is this is nuts." Um, so that gave a huge boost of self-confidence, right? Going to college and, um, going to college, I had no idea what I wanted to do, like zero clue. Um, but for me, I, I didn't know that's like, I was, uh, the first two years I was actually undecided, right? I didn't know what to study and I was just like a little bit aimless. I, I didn't know what is it that I want to do. I, I know when I look within and I was like, hmm, well, fitness, that's number one thing, right? I want to learn more about nutrition. I want to dive deeper into it. I want to study it. Uh, so I started learning about kinesiology and nutrition um, and also like um, public health, so on and so forth. Um, and I also knew that for me, I, I love communication. Right? It's like I love understanding people and learning about people. Um, so I dug deeper into psychology and I, I also started warming up to this idea of uh, business itself. I was like, hmm, well, like I want to learn what, what marketing is, what management is, right? It's like all these things. Um, so coming out of the second year, um, I actually built my own major. I, I, I called it, uh, health marketing and entrepreneurship. And that ironically actually is exactly what I'm doing right now. Like today, um, at the time I just didn't know it. Um, the courses I was taking weren't helpful, I'll be honest, besides, right. besides the fundamental ones, but like, um, it, it just really wasn't helpful right, from a business standpoint. Yeah. Um, and so me, you, you were able to, uh, eventually kind of find your, find your footing in this. And, uh, and so tell us a little bit about the, the business that you're running now and 
who does it serve? Who's a, who's a good kind of candidate to interact with you and, 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 and why would somebody engage with this business? Yeah, man. Yeah. It's, um, so, so fast forward to after I graduated college, I had always wanted to take a stab at starting, starting something. Right. It's like, so one day, one faithful evening, actually, I was, um, I was on my phone. I came across a Facebook ad, right. Those, um, perfectly spoke to me because I was doing research at the time. I was like, huh, I want to start a business. Um, and it came from this couple that was teaching people how to start their Facebook ad agency, right? So it's so a lead generation agency for local business owners. Um, so I clicked into it. I had um, I had just graduated from college. I had zero zero skills really, and zero zero value to give to any market. I just wanted to learn, um, and I had a job lined up uh, way advanced. But um, but I, I followed through the the video that I saw. I jumped on a call. Ended up jumping into this program. I dropped like six grand. Um, along with one of my buddies, so just learn Facebook marketing for local business owners. Um, as soon as I jumped in, I was like, "Whoa! Obviously, I'm going to help gym owners, right? Because if I can help gym owners, I can help more Georgias at the age of 18, right?" Um, and I was like, "Okay, cool, let's do this." But then, um, so that was four years ago. Uh, next thing I know, I just pretty much jumped on this entire roller coaster ride of uh, starting a business and what that means and getting punched in the face and and learning and growing. Right? It's like don't forget um, about the face punch. That's essential. Oh, it was uh, a <laughs> was face punch passage. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was face punch. Gut punch. All of it. Uh, and sometimes it doesn't stop. It's, you just get better at taking punches. Right? It's like that's right. maybe at some point you, you perceive it as no longer being punches. Um, but. Yeah, I, I think for me, I mean, what has always stuck was um, I, I wanted to serve gym owners, especially after the first handful of gym owners I served, I realized um, the story that I actually shared with you in terms of how I got into health and fitness coming from like a place of isolation or a place of darkness or pain. Um, a lot of gym owners, they have that exact story. And it was, it was mm-hmm. remarkably powerful. And a lot of them just got into the space, not because they want to make a gazillion dollars, right? It's like, naturally, that's good as well. Um, but most importantly, they actually wanted to get into the business to help people. Right, it's like they they get that satisfaction when they see someone accomplishing something they were never able to do before, um, and for me that always really stuck with me because I'm I'm not very money motivated. However, I'm very people motivated. Right, so I'm um, I'm extremely driven uh, when it comes to a cause. Um, so for me, despite COVID and all those all those ups and downs, I stuck with serving gym owners, and then over the past four years, we just learned a lot. Um, I mean, we help mainly gym owners that provide uh, group fitness or semi-private training or even personal training. We, um, in terms of what we do, is that we just help them become more profitable by because most gyms they have a good product, and it's evident from the number of uh, the little number of people that leave their gym every month. Mm. Um, because if you just look at their membership base, not a lot of people leave. Besides, uh, they get injured or they move or let's say uh, the wife gets pregnant or what do we be right? It's like. Um, but what's what's missing? Uh, one of the things that's missing is that people don't know about them. Right? It's like if they were to walk around their gym within a three or five mile or seven mile radius, hunt down a hundred people. Hey, have you heard of my gym? Like they don't, they haven't heard of it. You know. Um, so we start there. We we put together an offer. Um, what we normally put out is a twelve week program, right, for our clients for them to push out into the market. Um, and then we we actually build out uh, this entire system that has uh, automations built in. Um, that teaches people, uh, that teaches our clients on how to get people in the door. And then we also guide them through on how to uh, develop a sales process that works so you can have a conversation with someone once they get in through the door. Uh, we, we actually teach them how to sell high ticket because most owners also charge too low. And that's evident from, uh, unfortunately, the, the money in their bank and also the, the revenue right? like that, that, that they hit because um, a lot of them jump into the space 
not as like business gurus or like marketing mm-hmm. sales gurus, but because yeah. they, they just want to, they just want to help people create that transformation. Just like you were saying earlier, they're not necessarily, I'm going to make a million dollars at this. I just want to make an honest living. And so, and so, uh, helping with gym owners. And so if somebody is a, a fitness instructor or a gym owner, where can they go to engage with you? Uh, that's a good question. So um, if they go to www.gympillars.com, it's, um, we have a landing page um, that's that's actually there. It's, um, they can shoot me a DM on Instagram. That's uh, GeorgeL1022. That works as well. Um, okay. Yeah, those, those two places. Yeah. Gympillars.com? Yeah. All right. G-Y-M-P-I-L-L-A-R-S. Awesome. George Liu, this has been fantastic. I really appreciate. And, uh, you know, we spent like 90% of this talking about some like super deep emotional trauma and baggage and stuff. And I loved it, you know. Uh, so uh, if you're looking to connect with George, uh, you can go to jimpillars.com. And one more time, uh, George, with your Instagram. Uh, George L1022. George L1022 on Instagram. Yeah. Very good. Thank you so much again to George Liu, named after George Washington, coming on here <laughs> and sharing all of your nuggets of wisdom. Really appreciate you, man. Uh, for those of you who are interested in engaging with him further, you can go to jimpillars.com, uh, especially if you are a fitness pro or a gym owner. Once again, if you want to he- keep hearing great content like this, be sure to follow and subscribe on Apple or Spotify. And don't forget to get your own personal DoZone DNA by visiting DoZoneDNA.com. Until next time, remember, we all have the same 24 hours in a day. What are you going to do with yours? I have a job for you. Open up your phone or get out a piece of paper and write down these three questions. Number one, what is one important task I can get completely done today? Number two, when can I start it? And number three, what impact will that have on my life? Now answer these questions as best you can every single day this week. Then commit to taking action daily. Now you're in the do zone, baby. Let's go. Need some help with accountability? Are you stuck where you're at and not sure how to break through the barrier in front of you? Join the DZ tribe for free by visiting thedozone.com. We're a group of hyperactive entrepreneurs who want to help you get more stuff done. Oh, one more thing. If you know somebody who needs to hear this message, share it with them. Text them, email them, send them a DM on social media, smoke signals, carrier pigeons, whatever. Be sure to tag us at The Do Zone. Also, keep the five-star written reviews coming over on iTunes. That helps new people find the show, hear it, and get themselves into The Do Zone as well. And always remember, the road to success is paved with imperfect action. So what are you waiting for? Go do something already. See you next time.